have a bird issue. Our issue concerns what we hear. Could the most important thing you will ever hear come from a bird? Hello, my name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We thought we had a mockingbird in our backyard last week. It turns out that we do have one, and a neighborhood full of them, 24-7, looking for love. They are known as nightingales in Europe, which sounds a lot classier until they sing at night, all night, every night. It's the male mockingbirds who sing, trying to attract a mate. They are either never-partnered singles or widowers, and they are persistent. I don't know when they sleep. Apparently, we don't have a lot of single and ready-to-mingle female mockingbirds in our neighborhood. We thought about setting up a dating service like Plenty of Birds in the Tree, Tree Harmony, or Hatch.com. We were at the point where we were ready to send away for some female avian companionship, but how do we know that the ladybirds would find our guy to be a good singer? As male mockingbirds are territorial, how do we know they would like our territory? Sure, we have neighborhood cats roaming around, but other than that, it's nice. It was wonderful for a while. Who doesn't enjoy the sound of songbirds, especially ones with a diverse song list that includes various car alarms? We have other birds, too. The hummingbirds provide an endless stream of entertainment. We seem to attract a lot of blue jays, which are aggressive and predatory, as opposed to blue birds. We also have crows, which we've tried to shoo away, mostly successfully. By the way, do you know the difference between a crow and a raven? Both of them have ten primary flight feathers, or pinions, but ravens in flight show only four at the tips of their wings, while crows show five. So the difference between a crow and a raven could be said to be just a matter of opinion. <laughs> Birds play an important role in the Bible. They were created on the fifth day, described in Genesis 1, starting at the 23rd verse. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. Being created along with the sea monsters, that's pretty cool. Noah sent a dove out after the flood to look for dry land. In Genesis 8, starting at the sixth verse, we read, 
At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there was in its beak, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him any more. When the dove didn't come back, Noah knew it wouldn't be long before the ark came to dry land in fulfillment of God's promise. Doves mate for life, and presumably there were two on the ark. I wonder how the mate felt and if they were reunited when the ark found land. I'd like to think so. When Jesus wanted to show how much we were of value to God, he used the image of birds. In Matthew 5, starting at the 26th verse, we read, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. But the most important bird in the Bible is important only as a form or is described as being like something else. When Jesus was baptized, this happened in the Gospel of Matthew, the third chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The whole Trinity, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, was there at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened to him, and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and alighted on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The description of Jesus' baptism is told in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all describe the Spirit descending like a dove. Why is the Holy Spirit shown as a dove? For that, Let's go back to the story of Noah. Remember how Noah sent the dove out and it came back with an olive branch in its mouth? That showed Noah that the floodwaters were receding, the land and vegetation were reappearing. That gave him hope. 
Then the dove flew away, and the dove didn't come back. That told him that the dove had found rest, and that God's promise for new life had been fulfilled. The most important takeaway from that, I think, is that the Holy Spirit is spirit, not literally a dove. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, once described Thomas Munzer, a theological opponent, who said that the inner light of the Holy Spirit had more authority than the scriptures themselves. Luther said that Munzer had swallowed the Holy Spirit, feathers and all. The Holy Spirit is spirit. It is God's personal, ongoing presence within us. It is not something we achieve. It is something we receive. We listen to its voice, and it shapes us. It makes us who we are. But how do we know when it is the Holy Spirit speaking and not our own voice, our own wish fulfillment? That comes from Scripture, the Bible. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. The words, all Scripture is inspired by God, are sometimes translated, all Scripture is God-breathed. Because in both Greek and Hebrew, one word, noima in Greek and ruach in Hebrew, can have the same three meanings, wind, breath, and spirit. It is the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writers of the books of the Bible to write what they wrote, that inspires us to understand what they mean. The Bible is authoritative, not just for the words on the page, but for the living, present God who inspires us to understand them. That's why the Bible has authority in any language and in any faithful version of that language. Paul wrote to his bad boy, bad girl church in Corinth about sexual immorality in his first letter to the Corinthians, the sixth chapter starting at the 19th verse. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Someone once said that the Bible says that our bodies are God's temples, while most people treat them as their playgrounds. God dwells within us, and that makes us holy, saints and sinners. The Holy Spirit transforms us from within, like streams of living water, another way the Holy Spirit is described both in the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. Living water is moving water. The movement of the Holy Spirit brings life and transforms all around it from within the human heart. It gathers us into communities. It makes of us a new creation, born again. The dove with an olive branch in its mouth is still seen as a symbol of peace in our culture, but its original meaning was the faithfulness of God to God's promises and God's steadfast love, reconciling in peace between God and humanity. The dove is not predatory, but mates for life. It is faithful. We are experiencing very low rates of hospitalization with the coronavirus today, and some states report a vaccine surplus. We have a long way to go to reach the needed rates of vaccination before we see the new normal. But we have hope. What do we seek now? We, like the nightingales in our neighborhood, are looking for love and seeking to multiply. 
The Holy Spirit opens our heart and comes to dwell there. It makes of us a place fit for the Holy God to dwell. It opens us up to love. We are a people made for relationship. We find it in the gift of God of that for which we were created, a living relationship with the one true living God. The Holy Spirit changes us. The words we seek to describe the works of God come from the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. We multiply by sharing the hope that is within us, that relationship, a living faith with others, because we are stewards of what God has given to us and want to share something good. And God gives the increase. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let it transform you, guide you, and empower you. Let it move you to action. Listen to the Spirit's song and sing it in return. Today, let's remember to pray for all those caring for those with the coronavirus, for those who now have it, and for those in danger of getting it. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. (laughs) 